Welcome back to the John Krasinski Show. Yes, we have a lot to talk about. John, I'm just going to start you off the most basic, open-ended question, and then we will go through all the permutations, all the possibilities. What happens next for this franchise? But wait, let me introduce the program, then we'll get to John's answer on that. We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to TSR Injury Law, All Energy Solar, and Head Flyer Brewing. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at talknorth.com. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's the easiest way to listen. All right, John, where do you want to start with my big picture question here? Yeah, so um, you know, there's a lot of ways to go with this, but um, basically... I think one of the biggest takeaways, and I wrote about it on Wednesday morning at The Athletic, is one of uh, when we listen to Chris Finch and Tim Connolly sort of lay out, re- reflect on last year, and then lay out the vision for the future um, in their exit interviews last week. Uh, one thing that I think got a little slightly overlooked, but I think is really significant, was a statement from Tim Connolly. And he said, pretty much every decision we make going forward is going to be with Ant Paramount. And um, that, I think, signals sort of a shift in philosophy about how this team is being built, about how this team, uh, what, what, what you focus on going forward. And, and so when you think about the way that the Timberwolves entered last season, their identity and the calling card of this group was going to be this team that has two seven footers in the front court um, that was going to go big and stay big. And that was really going to try to have a completely different personality and uh, function really in the league than, than many other teams were. And that was what, this Timberwolves calling card is going to be. That's what everyone wanted to talk about. That's what the intrigue was around is Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Like, how is this going to work? And listening to Tim Connolly sort of lay things out, it's clear that I think the Wolves have seen at least some of that, and they're not punting on it at all. But what they are doing now is shifting to say, look, Anthony Edwards has to be, the 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 center point of what we are doing going forward and i think him laying that out there really kind of sketches a bit of a clearer hierarchy and a bit of a clearer identity for a team that had a hard time establishing one with all the injuries with the illnesses with everything that went on last season and given what they saw in the playoffs with the way that edwards played they're they're just moving forward with with Anthony Edwards as as the number one kind of focal point, and it's going to be moves that are made. It's going to be um, adjustments to the offense. It's going to be um, all sorts of different things going to maximize him and to make sure that whatever ceiling that he does have, that he has every opportunity to hit it while he's with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And so that just really kind of struck me as a kind of underlined um, clear vision for what's going to happen going forward. And what does that mean for Cat and Gobert? Does it mean that they just play a, uh, a supporting role to Ant or does it mean movement? Yeah. Well, I, I think that when you look at it, um, it, it could mean, 
any number of things. Um, and for, and what Connolly did say in the post game or in in the exit interview was that they really really like their starting five. That um, a lot of what Connolly said and what Chris Finch said about really still believing in having success with the two bigs um, and being and, and that being capable uh, and, and possible is that it does not mean that at that sort of shifting to an Edwards focus means you have to trade one of those guys. I don't believe that the Timberwolves are going into this offseason saying we have to change the starting five and we have to change that two big group. Um, I think it does not eliminate the possibility of one of those guys going if a really good offer comes along. But I think that going forward, what it does mean is that everyone has a clear understanding of like who is the the main guy here. And when you look at, I think like Carl Anthony Towns can still be a huge factor for this team going into next season. He, his offensive skills are incredibly needed. I think that Rudy Gobert could still be a real contributor and they have to figure out exactly how to get him back to playing the way that he did with the Utah jazz. But it's very, very possible that he stays with this team and goes. But when, when I think everyone sort of understands that, okay, um, we have to do it to make sure that Anthony Edwards is maximized. I think that just sends a little bit clearer message about roles and about who does what, who's responsible for what. And that also puts a lot more pressure responsibility. I should say, Jim on, on Anthony Edwards shoulders, because, um, Ant has to be someone who goes into this summer and really dives into his ability to play five on five and to see um, passes, to uh, understand when to get off the ball and when to go get on the ball, how to work with Rudy Gobert and Cat a little bit better to make sure that the offense can flow a little bit more smoothly. Um, All of those things are going to be on Ant's shoulders, but he, knowing that he is at the center of their plans, can kind of go into this summer knowing that uh, they need to get a little bit more playmaking from him. They get a, need to get a little bit more kind of recognition of how to exploit switching defenses with him, and they also have to get him to sort of understand that, hey, you know, Rudy can be a help to you offensively. Um, here's how you do it. Um, it, here's how you help cat defensively. Like all of those things can happen at the same time. And you can keep this, the, the, these three guys together. If you get everyone understanding their roles a little bit more and understanding what is required of them. And so um, I go into this summer, you know, seeing a very clear path for all three of them to come back next year and, you know, benefit from a full healthy summer, benefit from being in training camp together and play well. Um, but I also, you know, could see a scenario where uh, the, you know, the, the Timberwolves at least think about reconfiguring their roster in a bigger way and, 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 and taking a look at what their options are in that regard. But I, I just think it would take such a, such a, a, an overwhelming offer to make that happen. And, it's probably unlikely that something like that's going to go on. So 
um, in in the in the absence of of a major shift and a more run it back mentality, how how do you kind of change the way that uh, that this team operates? It's by kind of setting different boundaries and different expectations for uh, the you know number one, one A, one B, two, three, however you want to term it, and going from there. I really think they owe it to themselves to see what these guys can do together with a healthy summer, a healthy training camp, uh, theoretically a healthy regular season. I still think all the reasons you made the trade are still there. What And what I have trouble seeing is them trading Towns or Gobert for decent value at this point. To me, they'd be trading low and they'd be trading low before they really know for sure whether this can work in a big way. Yeah, that's I mean, it's a great point. And I think that's something that they are considering. I mean, certainly with Rudy Gobert, I I would be really surprised if they got anything of of real value with three years, $130 million left on his deal um, with him turning 31 next year, with him coming off of a season in which he just did not play up to the standards that anyone expected him to play. He was helpful at times. Um, He, you know, he definitely helped their defense, but he really struggled a lot um, from an offensive standpoint. And really, if you look at all of his counting stats across the board, points, rebounds, blocks, um, uh, efficiency, all of that was down significantly. And so to deal him um, at this, you know, this summer coming off of a season like that, you would think would be very difficult to even recruit, recoup any of the assets that you gave up for him uh, with towns. He's still 27 years old. Um, he's under contract for a very long time. I think that there's probably uh, there's definitely belief around the league that, hey, you know, he had some injuries this year. Um, he's still remarkably talented. So could they get something of value for him? Yes, absolutely. I think there'd be teams that would give them would offer them something um, that would be somewhat enticing in return. But at to your point, Jim, like if if you're going to trade a player of his talent and of his caliber uh you probably w- would want to do it uh, at you know, c- when you have higher leverage um when your team has played better when he has played better and he's been healthier and you can really kind of uh get a star package for him young players uh draft picks uh, you know, helpful role players, things like that to to really balance your roster. And uh, there could there I, there could definitely be a, a team or two or three this summer who is out there really looking to make a splash. And maybe maybe they do turn towards Carl Anthony Towns and try to make an offer to entice the Wolves. But I do think that the the more likely scenario to um, to get a a very good return, something that really uh, helps this team and and Anthony Edwards long term is probably to let him come back, play well, and 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 show really the rest of the league that yes he he still is one of the top ten offensive players in the league that you can build around him. Um, that y- y- here's the thing that also factors into this as I get more and more long winded. Um, I think that one of the reasons that you really do look at running it back is that. Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards do have a very good relationship. Um, we, you know, they they all told uh, stories uh, last during the playoffs of Ant going over to Cat's house and 
and them kind of trying to, you know, enjoy themselves and, and get each other going and, and stay with it. And, and Towns was asked at his exit interview, you know, does he have to be the face of the franchise? And Towns said, I just want to win. I want to be a winner. And I think at this stage of his career, I, I take that at face value. I think that he has been through enough adversity. He has lost enough and he respects and really enjoys Anthony Edwards enough that he can share the spotlight here with Anthony Edwards. They can figure things out from a, whether it's Robin Batman, whether it's Batman and Superman, like however you want to, to term the analogy, like those two can work together and figure that part of it out and, and, and be complimentary of each other and not step on each other's toes and, the, and not get into some of the jealousy and the infighting that can happen when these things, uh, these status symbols come up, it's all a matter now of if the three of them, if Edwards Towns and Gobert can all work together and do it at a high level, that's going to be the question that they have to answer. Um, and that is, might be the one to your point where they want to see a little bit more of that going into next season before they make a complete shift in philosophy and um and 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 go a totally different direction. So Ant is going to be Batman, Cat is going to be Robin, mm-hmm. and I think that makes Gobert Alfred. Alfred, yes, I think that's that's about it right now. Like that's the key. and and that's um you know that that's that's the thing that hurts this team the most right now or when you look at this last season is you know, teams, especially in markets like Minnesota that have a trouble recruiting free agents struggle when you pay players uh, to a degree that's much higher than their actual output on the court. Now, Gobert, for all the people who, you know, get really upset with him and and thought he was a total bust last year, he wasn't. He, I, I don't believe that this team would have made the playoffs um, and if cat cat may missed 50 games and they did not have Gobert, I think he was big in getting this defense to a, to a top 10 level of like bringing some consistency that way and, and helping them weather that, that town storm. But he's also giving production more commensurate with the high level role player than with the star. And when you're paying him $40 million, you have to get star level production back. If you don't, that that void, that that um, disparity between uh, pay and production, really is a hindrance to what the team can do going forward. And that's including the next couple of years, as you know, you get contracts for Edwards and McDaniel's kicking in and really pushing you up toward the luxury tax. Um, if you don't have uh, guys that are that are fulfilling their roles from a max contract perspective, that's really damaging. And so Gobert needs to have a great summer, come back very healthy. I think that he, if, if he and Ant could work together at any point this summer on their chemistry, on their pick and rolls, on 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 using each other, that would help a lot. But uh, but yeah, he's like he's probably the fourth fiddle to be honest with you behind Jaden McDaniels on this pecking order right now. Um, and he's got a lot to prove and to work on going forward in this summer. Um, 
because uh, it was not a good season for him. And he's just got to be a heck of a lot better next year. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. This is the John Krasinski Show, part of TalkNorth.com. We want to thank one of our our longest-running sponsors, actually. TSR Injury Law also sponsors other shows across the network. Uh, TSR has been working with us for a long time. We've really enjoyed them as people as well as uh, partners. And what you need to remember is if you're injured, you need great representation, great ethical aggressive representation. They will give you that. They will not charge you unless they win your case and they win lots and lots of cases. 612-TSR-TIME. 612-TSR-TIME. That's all you need to remember. They will help you in any way they can. Uh, Also want to hear about Headflyer Brewing. Uh, We recently did another John Krasinski show live there. Always a great crowd. Always a great time. Headflyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis, awesome tap room, great beers, super cool environment. They just had their sixth anniversary celebration um, a few weeks back, and they're keeping the party rolling all summer long. We are finally, it seems like, getting some sunshine, getting a little bit warmer weather. They have a great deck patio area right outside of their tap room. You sit outside, have yourself a great beer hang out with friends, bring your dog, relax, get some fresh air, and just enjoy the vibes there. I rec- really recommend Crunch Time, the the collaboration between Talk North, myself, and uh, Head Flyer Brewing. It's kind of a Blue Moon-style wheat beer, but you don't even need the orange. It's that refreshing when you just pour it and just start drinking it. Um, fantastic, and we just unveiled that a few weeks back. Um, it's going to be there all summer long. Uh, they have Wicked Jump Shot. They have It Was All a Dream IPA. They have anything that you'd want if you're a beer aficionado um, to stop. So stop in. Tell them John Krasinski sent you. You can get your beer there. You can bring them home in cans um, and 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 enjoy at, at home on a weekend uh, while you're sitting back and watching some NBA playoffs or, or whatever it is. And so stop by again. Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis. You won't regret it. Solar panels are the only home improvement project that pays for itself. Learn more about going solar this spring at All Energy Solar's free webinar by visiting allenergysolar.com slash webinar. You want to save money on your solar installation? Find out what incentives you could qualify for at allenergysolar.com slash coach. And solar with energy storage can provide peace of mind during storms. Read their the All Energy Solar ebook. Energy storage plus solar at allenergysolar.com slash battery. Playoffs? Are you talking about playoffs? That's right. The playoffs are here and your friends at Manscaped are here too. And they're making sure your balls are as kissable as the Stanley Cup. Whether you're an NBA or NHL guy, you'll want to give your nuggets the best clippers to get rid of them pubes and help them see the summer sun. Don't let your little devils go wild. Use the Lawnmower 4.0 and get your boys as smooth as jazz. You can have the balls of kings by going to manscaped.com and using the code ATHLETIC for 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped is the champion of men's grooming. You know why they call their staple product the Performance Package 4.0? Because it's the best way to get your body ready for elite playoff-level performance. This full package is stacked with the best of the best. It all starts with the Lawnmower 4.0. These Lawnmower 4.0s are the greatest pube warriors. They make body hair removal as easy as a Steph Curry three-pointer. 
The Lawnmower 4.0 doesn't only make you easy on the eyes, but it's easy on your skin with its skin safe technology that reduces your playoffless nicks and cuts. Manscaped has been working hard and brewing up the new and improved Weed Whacker 2.0. With a better shape and motor, there's no question the Weed Whacker 2.0 for nose and ear is the most improved player of the year. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. At this moment, what do you think the odds of them bringing Nas Reed back are? Well, I, I, so this is a a great thing to get into because I really do think whatever happens with Nas Reed is going to be very significant uh, to the next, say like two to three years of what this roster looks like. Uh, I know that they do want to bring Nas Reed back. Chris Chris Finch said uh, in, in the excerpt interviews, they are making it a priority to try and get him back. They f- feel that that little uh, stretch of games when Carl Anthony Towns came back and Nas Reed played very, very well next to Gobert and next to Towns showed them something that I don't even think that they really thought that Nas Reed was capable of um, prior to it, which is that Nas can play in a too big front court and play the four and, and, and do pretty well at it. So they really do want to bring him back. Uh, they have had continuing conversations with him really all season long about trying to get him on some sort of extension that works for him and works for the Timberwolves. And so there's, there's very much a, an effort being made to do it. The question becomes now that Reed is so close to unrestricted free agency to really playing the field a little bit and seeing what is out there. Um, Is there going to be another team that can entice him either with a bigger contract than the wolves are willing to pay or can pay um, or just a bigger role, like a guaranteed starting spot for him. And that's going to be the thing that makes it difficult that could make it difficult for the Timberwolves to retain him. Um, I do think that Nas Reed really likes it here. I think he likes playing for this coaching staff. I think he feels some sort of affinity for the organization for taking a chance on him as an undrafted guy and helping him develop into what he is. I know he really likes his teammates, gets along very well with them. So, um, so I could see him wanting to stay here, but money usually talks here. And the business end of the thing is the business end, as Jaden McDaniel said about his buddy um, last week. And so, um, but it, so the bottom line is if the, if they do bring Nas Reed back, I think that is a clear cut telltale sign that one of those three bigs, Nas, Rudy, or Cat, will not be here by, say, July of next season, of next year, because you're just not going to be able to pay everyone um, and, and keep it manageable. Um, and that, so they could, they could, it could be Nas that is here for a year or so and then gets traded, could be Cat, could be Rudy. Uh, if he does not come back, if they if Nasri gets lured away by uh, by another team, which is you know entirely possible, then I think the pathway to keeping both of the bigs as is is still there, and you go forward and see exactly what you have this next season, see how they play together, and see if if uh, Chris Finch has figured out a way to make all three of those players work well together and and do it at a consistent level. But um, 
they're the fact that they really want Nas Reed speaks both to his talent, but also to I think them looking to keep some flexibility in what they can do in the front court from a trade perspective over the next two years. And that's why they are, that's one of the reasons they are working very hard to see if they can find um, an agreement that, uh, that Nas likes and they like, and that they can bring him back. If you go to talknorth.com, you'll find the Viking update show. I've been covering the Vikings since 1990. John's been watching the Vikings about same amount of time. We got about 50 years invested in covering the team. Uh, We talk about the Vikings from a writer standpoint. We also have Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider with the former Vikings general manager. We're still talking post-draft and and preseason stuff. Uh, We have a great chin music show, Lavelle Neal, Roy Smalley on the Twins. That show is a blast, especially because the Twins are so interesting. And we have Preps Today with John Millay. Tons of hockey stuff uh, and outdoor content, uh, Dave Lee. Mike Grimm, Joe Anderson's new show, which is an interview show, which is a lot, he does a great job with that. That's all at talknorth.com. Check it out. Subscribe it. Subscribe it to the fa- your favorite shows, and uh, and just keep on uh, checking the website because we keep adding new shows. We do appreciate you listening. Do you see either Jalen Noel or Jordan McLaughlin being back? I definitely don't see Jalen Noel being back. I think that um, by the end of the season, it was clear that he wanted. Some, uh, a, a different venue where uh, where he thinks he has a little bit more of a consistent chance to be a contributor. And I do think that, you know, the Wolves got to a point where they've, they felt that they couldn't rely on Jalen Noel um, in, in any kind of consistent fashion. And so they'll go, they'll go out and try and fill his spot as some sort of bench scoring um, in another way. So uh, as he hits unrestricted free agency, uh, I just think that this has been, you know, both they've been together for four years. And I think that I just get the sense that both parties are going to be fine with with parting ways and and, and going their different directions with J-Mac. Uh, he only makes a couple million dollars, so I could see him returning next year. Uh, but I do think that the Wolves have to look at possibilities to get more um to get to get more consistency and a and a and a and more uh, contributions from their backup point guard they cannot afford to go into next season with Mike Conley needing Mike Conley to play in the mid to high 30 minutes per game to be successful he's going to be 36 years old uh you just do not want to put that sort of wear and tear on him at this stage of his career. And so I can see a scenario though, where McLaughlin is brought back. I mean, he's, it's a really affordable deal. And then if he sort of rediscovers his game, if maybe, you know, maybe it was the calf limitations, maybe it was, you know, some other injuries that were contributing to what he, to how poorly he played down the stretch. And, um, you know, you have him sort of at the end of the bench and you just see what he does and see if he can, he can get back to it. But, I still think that even if he is back or whether he is not, they have to go and find a more a viable solution at backup point guard so that Conley can be in the high 20s, very low 30s minutes per game. And, and they can hope that, you know, he has he's, his body is fresh and ready for any playoffs next season. So um, McLaughlin may come back, but 
he would again be in a position where he would be really fighting for playing time and looking for, uh, you know, probably on the outside looking in of that rotation, at least early, unless he won some of those minutes back. A lot of topics I want to get to in the next month or so, uh, you know, how just how good can Anthony Edwards be? What is the true ceiling? Uh, what can Gobert do to, to do to improve? You know, what might, uh, you know, what Nikhil Alexander Walker, what is his role? I mean, there's still a lot of meat on the bone here. Uh, for today, I'm going to get a final thought from John. Once again, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Once again, thank you to our producer, Brandon Morton. And again, check out all the other shows at talknorth.com. We do appreciate you listening. Give us a final thought for today, John. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, when we look at one other thing, and then we'll get into in the coming weeks here, obviously, um, in terms of our whole conversation so far in this in this uh, podcast about the Edwards Gobert Towns fit and and how that that can go forward, um, because I think there's going to be a lot of assumptions that you know when Conley makes a statement of you know, every decision we make is going to, ha- is going to be with Ant Paramount. It means that, that they don't care about Towns and Gobert anymore. And I don't think that's the case, but I do think that one thing that Chris Finch said uh, going forward is that he has to look to make changes to the way they run offense to make it more effortless for the three of them to work together. And so I do think that the coach is going into this summer with a clear cut goal of looking at why it was so difficult for the three of them to work together offensively and trying to make changes to their offense to smooth things out for them. And so if Finch can sort of put his finger on a couple of areas in the offense that will help, um, you know, keep all three of them involved, but also keep the ball moving, um, you know, and and take advantage of mismatches and all of those things. I think that will play a big role in their ability to keep this group together too. Maybe Finch will go through this and and come to the conclusion that hey, you know what, this really isn't there isn't really any magic bullet to work at, and maybe we do have to look at breaking the three of them up. But I do think that their first efforts are going to be to see what they can do to uh, from a schematic perspective to help Anthony Edwards use these two guys and, and, and really benefit from them. And so um, to, I, I'm very interested to see what kind of things Chris Finch comes up with to address that. He has, he did not make a, a, you know many real significant schematic changes to the offense for much of this season. And now he goes into it with his eyes wide open on what has to happen. And that shows that, you know, they're committed to seeing if that they can, they make this trio work um, in a different way. And so that will be interesting to see what happens this summer as he develops that part of uh, the Timberwolves identity. Good stuff, John. Thank you. Thanks to everyone who listens. We'll talk to you soon.